0: Hello everyone, thanks guys, take your seats. Hey, it's great to be together, great to be together. As, um, as Robert just said, I'm really excited to preach this morning, had a great earlier service but uh, it sort of goes back a couple of weeks, where, where we've ended up today and where I want to go, maybe for the ne- I've actually outlined six messages for a new series uh, on vision and dream. And it's something that was building before I I got to this. Who enjoyed the Surrender series, by the way? We should just wave it goodbye. Just wave it goodbye. But it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Uh, I thought it was a good thing. Anyone get closer to God through that? Because that was the whole point. That was the whole point. Um, But about a, a week before National Conference, last week was our National Conference, and about a week before, uh, I'd been just praying and seeking God like God what next what next yeah. and felt God speaking to me about vision once again yeah, wow. and, uh, and, the, and the need for, for not just me but it was particularly directed at me but for all of us to make sure that we're moving with a sense of vision in our life. You know, vision is what gets you out of bed in the morning. You can survive without vision in a sense. You can, you can mark time. You can tick away. But it's vision that actually makes you leap out of bed with a sense of enthusiasm and excitement. And I'm not talking now about some sort of a static, uh, uh, otherworldly kind of vision in a sense. I'm just talking about a clear mental image, a clear... uh, This is my uh, favourite description or definition of vision in a simple way. And it is a clear mental picture of a preferred tomorrow. A clear mental picture of a preferred tomorrow. And uh, before I went to conference, I was so excited that God was starting to stir my heart again, yeah. because I must admit, and it's totally my fault, I'm not sure I've been supervisionary since we got into the facility, wow. which is four years ago. Now I did get sidelined with a few health issues uh, pretty soon after that, But to tell you the truth, between just getting in here, it tends to it was a big thing. Yeah no excuses, it was a big thing and then of course we've had the COVID lockdown, lockdown, lockdown and I think we've been in a bit of that mentality but as God began to speak to my heart, man I started to get so excited about the possibility and then I went to national conference and we're all sitting in national conference, the second session uh, one of our national leaders just preached an amazing session actually on vision, thank you David. Someone figures I might need a drink, and he's probably right. Uh, Let's thank David. And and can we just really quickly wish Becky a happy 21st birthday? Because it was her... So that was Becky, our song leader this morning. She was 21 yesterday. And uh, anyway, we're at the conference, and, and... this guy begins to preach it and it was just like, I I felt like I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. You know what I mean? It was that moment where you think, I think God has been really speaking to me. So I'm excited to do a series on this and we're going to be looking at the patriarchs right through the Apostle Paul and Jesus and how vision, when vision captures a human heart, just what begins to happen both within you as a person and what Happens from the, outpack, uh, or sorry, the impact of outworking vision that is heavenly. And I think that is a key. The sense that God speaks something, that you get a God word, that you get a God thought. It illuminates your heart. Uh, but what this series is not necessarily going to be about is the church vision. I'm just going to talk about vision. And I'm believing that God is going to sow vision into every open heart in this place over the next number of weeks. We're going to be talking about what vision is today a little bit. It's just an intro. And then I'm going to begin to unpack it. How to receive vision, how to move in vision, how to fulfill vision, things that come against your vision. And even as I think that, I I want to speak specifically today to people who've been disappointed in the past. Because I think one of the things that stops us moving in with a sense of vision is some things that we really vision, dream of and believe for don't happen. In a broken world, they just don't happen. Things don't work out the way that you thought they they would. And if we're not careful, it hardens our heart. We back off and we go, I'd rather not get my hopes up. So we want to defeat that. I want to break that. Are you ready for vision? Ready for fresh vision? Come on. Ready for fresh vision? Gee, you guys are more alive than the first service, so this is going to go well. You know, as a a very young Christian, a new believer, uh, I sort of just committed my heart to Jesus and and started to get on with it. And very early in the piece, I couldn't say exactly when, but, you know, I, I, I would start to get mental images of God using me. Now, when I, when I gave my life to Jesus, I was filled with the Holy Spirit moments after that. And, um, and so I used to just drive along my car, speaking in tongues, the way that you can, you can sort of be, have your spirit turned on, but your brain is engaged on the traffic lights and everything else most of the time. And, and I would be driving along, and as I was just praying and praying and spending time with God, my heart would fill with, with very clear images of me preaching to groups of people and praying for people, laying hands on them and God doing things and people coming to receive Jesus. And I would get pictures of this stuff. But because of where I was at, I mean, I was just one step out of the world at this point, out of the drag race party drug scene. And so I would actually rebuke myself for thinking that way. I'd be dreaming of, and then I'd work out, and I'd think it was pride. It was like, look what's in your heart. You think you're going to do that? You think you're going to make an impact with your life? Who are you to do that? You're just one step out of the world. You've barely got your life together in any form, so you should not think that way. And I would press those thoughts down. I'd be like, don't think that way, Chris. Don't think that way. That's not who you are. And then I heard a message on vision, and I realised God was trying to give me a a bit of a picture of what my future could look like if I just allowed God to impregnate me with some heavenly vision, to actually fill my heart. If I would open it and receive a heavenly vision of my future, that would be something that God could fulfill. And so I began to do that. And you know what? It changed everything about the way I did life. The moment you get vision, it will change everything about the way you do life. For me, that meant it, it automatically I began thinking about studying scripture. Yep. Now, I'm 21 years of age, just come out of, you know, a really messy background. And, and within months, I'm thinking about studying the Bible. Wow. I didn't know what that meant. It just meant that I had this vision yeah. that one day I might get to speak to people. So I better get ready for myself. It, it made me decide on the kind of person I would marry. I knew I had to marry someone who had a similar trajectory, a similar passion for ministry. To me, it just narrowed the field. I had to find someone that had a sort of a heart like I had. It changed who I married. It changed where I spent my time. It changed the opportunities that I took. When opportunity came my way, I remember um, uh, as a, a very young, new Christian, and back in the days when we used to wash communion cups, that's how long ago it was. They were made of glass. And we'd have communion, then they'd all go to the church uh, kitchen, and someone would wash them up and I can remember my pastor's wife coming to me and saying Chris, uh, the person who, we're in a small church and it was like everyone had their job, you know, but only the lucky ones got jobs in my mind and she said "Uh, someone didn't turn up to wash the communion cups, would you mind washing the communion cups? You know what, for the next whole season I had like my elbows out that person couldn't get back into that role because I'd found something to do that was an opportunity to serve God's house, so I was just like in why? Because it was in line with my vision. Yeah. My vision was one day, I'm going to serve God and I don't mind if that's washing communion cups. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I got in, I think the only thing that got me out of that and got that person their job back was I got invited onto the, the, the worship team. So it was like, okay, well I'll do that. Yeah. What did you, play? you know, the problem is a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the problem is is that um, our society puts a dampener on dreaming. Yeah, true. Think about it, think of a really common phrase or a few of them in our society. You're dreaming. <laughs> it's not just in the castle, it's all over Facebook. You know I mean? Remember, remember I told you a story about a car, an old muscle car I bought a little while ago? When that came up on Facebook, guess what all the comments were? You're dreaming. You'll never get that much for it. And while I'm reading their comments, I'm writing a check. And now everyone who said you're dreaming wishes they were the one who wrote the check because they've nearly doubled in value since November. See, vision is something that ignites in your heart and it changes your decisions. It changes your thinking. It changes what you talk about. Have you ever been with someone and they're really keen, they've got a real vision for their hobby and they've got like another whole language you've never heard before? (laughs) Come on, ladies, you know that. If anyone here who's got a husband who's into old cars, you know that. There's another whole language. He's got a 67 what? <laughs> and your wife's going, he's got 67 watts. 67 of what? And so, no, he's got a 67 Phoenix, darling. you just got to know what that means. <laughs> but it's a different language. You talk a different language. You spend your finances in a different way. You spend your time in a different way. You relate to different people. It changes absolutely everything about you. But our society says, ah, you're dreaming. It doesn't encourage us to dream. Don't get your hopes up. We serve the God of all hope. Jesus said, with man it might be impossible, but with God... All things are possible. I think what Scripture says is, hey, come on, get your hopes up. Start to dream again. And I know that that can be a tough message. It can be hard to embrace if you've been disappointed, if you've been discouraged, if life has not worked out the way that you hoped it would. But I'm telling you, there ain't an answer for you encircling the wagons and deciding to distance yourself from life. The only real answer is to dream again. It's to get going again. So I want to talk to us about daring to dream again. Daring to dream again. We need to understand that, that when the Bible talks about dream and vision, it's pretty well an interchangeable concept. Yeah. Dream and vision, if the source is the same, if the source is something that's God-breathed, yeah. then whether it comes as a, a, a dream, even a dream in the night, or whether it comes as something, that you, a clear mental image that you can see, vision, then those concepts are interchangeable. And I want to look at a passage of scripture, as I said today, this is just an intro, I want to look at a passage of scripture, and it's in several, I want to read it from several different versions, just so that we really get a point, then I'm going to drill down into a couple of the Hebrew words in it, and make some applications, and we're home. Or we're into the foyer, to fellowship. What was that word? We're into the foyer to hang out, in a holy manner. Okay, that's, that's the way we say it now. So Proverbs chapter 28, verse 18, 29, sorry, verse 18, NIV, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is, he, is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Proverbs 29, verse 18, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. In God's word, without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. Other renderings are stuff like this, where when it talks about where people, uh, you know, cast off restraint, it says people are unrestrained, out of control, wander astray. But where I want to land today is in Proverbs 29 verse 18 out of an old, old version of the scripture, the King James, because it puts it so succinctly. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keepeth the law, or who keepeth the law, happy is he. And you know, everywhere in scripture it reveals that God uses dream and vision to motivate his people, to move us forward in life. A picture of a preferred tomorrow when we see things as they should be, not necessarily as they are. And it generates a spiritual momentum where we begin making decisions and making relationships and spending our time and doing whatever we do in life to move us towards heavenly vision and the fulfilment of that. Everywhere in scripture, God uses vision and uses dream in this manner. You think about it in the garden, at the right there at the start, at the fall of man. Yeah. It's a disastrous day, but God leaves them with the promise. The seed of your womb is going to crush the serpent's head. All the mess that's been done, there is coming a day where a child of humanity, as much as you've stuffed it up, another one will come and he will crush the serpent's head and the curse will be lifted, the curse will be reversed. And for millennia, people, no wonder by the time we got to Jesus' day, the people are like, could this be the one? Wow. Looking for the promise. We see it in other places in Scripture, great places like Abraham. And I'm going to drill down on some of these over the weeks. But you just imagine Abraham. God says to him, go outside of your tent, look up at the stars. Here he is in his 90s, Childless. Look at the stars. He's like, okay. And you imagine no city to dull the light down. Would have been a light show and a half in the desert. And then God says to him, that's what your children are going to be like. That's what your descendants are going to be like. And, And this might not be in the Bible, but this is my personal. I reckon that as Abraham looked at that, every one of those stars grew a face. And he had vision at 90 years of age to take Sarah out on date night. Went back in the tent, said, we're going out tonight, light the candles, Sarah. (laughs) And the rest is history. Come on, that's what vision can do. It can actually bring life to what would appear to be dead. Love these promises. God propels us forward with a sense of future and promise. Think of Israel. The promised land, a land, just listen to how emotive the mental imagery is. A land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. It's, it's, you know, in all honesty, it's not a description of, well, God's been there and he saw some honey and he saw some milk. Wow. This is metaphor. Yeah. It's like, imagine something that is so prosperous. So, And in their language, that meant, well, milk's good. Couldn't buy it at the corner shop, refrigerate it. Having milk was good. And honey, that would have been a rare commodity. And it's like the things that you see are so precious and so rare. This land is flowing with them. And what God wanted to do was impregnate them with a mental image of a preferred tomorrow. And that took them through a sea. It took them through a desert. And even the ones who didn't get to see the promise, their children did moved them through pain it mobilized slaves yeah. to take on organized world armies wow. in open battle yeah. vision yeah. the power of vision come on are you stirring in your heart just a little bit yeah. i think i wonder i think this covid season in one sense i know for the church you know it's been locked down but lockdown mentality and for a while it was like how do we deliver ministry let's do the pivot And a lot of it's just been, is everyone okay? Is everyone connected? Totally okay. But can I just say, absolutely no vision value in that whatsoever. No vision value in that. Are you ready to lift your eyes? Think of Jesus. He's walking through the fields with the disciples and all they're interested in is filling their bellies with lunch and harvesting the corner of a field. And Jesus says, why don't you lift up your eyes and see? Do you think the disciples followed Jesus to their own deaths, most of them? Do you think they did that because he made fishes and loaves multiply? I don't think so. I think it was because he had a vision for all of humanity that was so large, it drew those guys to sow their lives in. And here we are. We are part of a heavenly vision that said, it's not just in Jerusalem, it's not just in Judea, it's not just in Samaria. This must go, this gospel must be preached to the ends of the earth. And if you've ever been anywhere from Australia, like Europe, you realise we pretty well are outside of Antarctica and Greenland, we're right out there. And here we are, 2,000 years later, sitting together in God's presence, looking to Jesus, because people had a vision that was more than just how many camels they could gather and how comfortable they could make their mud hut and they sowed their lives and here we are today. I know that we're a product of Jesus' vision and I'm going to preach that one week. But even more than that, we are, the, we are the product of the vision of everyday Christians who could not keep their mouths shut. And remembering, we might think, oh, we don't know what's going to happen next with this whole COVID season. And we don't. And I think we've been waiting to see what happens. But I'm reminded in church history that these people lived in a day where to just confess Christ could mean your death. And they could not keep their tongues still because they had a heavenly vision of taking this gospel to the ends of the earth. Come on, is your heart ready to dream again? Daring to dream again. You might say, well, I've already got great dream and COVID hasn't meant much to me or whatever. I encourage you to expand your vision yeah. expand your vision you know in my experience of, of heavenly vision and feeling like God's leading you into something, is, it's a little bit like the window in the side of a house, the closer you get to it you know when, you, when you're back across the room and you're looking out a window of a house you can only see this much of the street can't you yeah. but isn't it interesting as you move towards it the picture becomes bigger And I have no doubt that that's exactly the power of vision. As you move towards it, so many times in my life, I've moved towards a godly vision and it's like, this is so much bigger than I thought it was. I just saw this much and I started moving obediently in faith and all of a sudden, dream again, dream bigger. Let's not be those who draw back and fear and I'm just waiting for what happens next. If the early church had done that, we would not be sitting here today. Awesome, let's look at a couple of words, vision, Hebrew word here is kozon and it literally means mental sight or a vision or dream, especially a vision from God concerning future events, in other words this sense of the prophetic, it's a clear mental image of how things should be. As I said, a preferred tomorrow. And that's literally the word used. But it's something that has come from the mind of God. So often people, and for us, you know, it's okay to have our own little visions for life. But they're often the ones that disappoint us the most. There's an importance in actually having your vision anchored to promises from God. And then this next word I want to look at in this passage. Remember, without vision, people perish. I want to look at this word perish, porah. It means to loosen, to expose, to go back, to make naked, to uncover, to bring to naught, or to perish. And the whole feel of the word, there's this sense of tension going out of life. Now, I'm not talking about negative tension. There are some negative tensions. And the moment I say that, some of you are like, oh, gee, I'd love all the tension to go out of my life. That's what I call a holiday. You don't want to live life that way. You'll perish. You want to live life just a life of ease? You'll perish. This is the tension going out of life where you no longer feel the need to get out of bed, you no longer want to make a new relationship. You don't want to try something new. You don't want to do something new. You eat the same three veggie meal every night. There's just no vision for anything else. And when you marry that with that initial concept, with the word of God, it's like if you're not getting a sense of the God word for your life, the revelation, the vision, you're either drifting or destructive. That's how broad that word is. You can put it this way. Without vision, people simply fade away. Simply fade away. And you know, our society, do you know our world has a vision for us? Have you noticed? You haven't noticed? Our world has a vision for us. Our world longs to fill that space. And whether it's advertising or pornography... It wants to fill that space of vision because whoever owns your imagination owns you. You will move towards that mental image automatically. Whatever you see, you will be. And we'll be looking at that concept as we go through the series as well. Our world has a vision. Our world wants to fill a vacuum of vision. And I know our God wants to fill any vacuum of vision in us and put something in our hearts of eternal consequence that actually motivates us to leap out of bed every morning, to make new relationships, to reach out, to say things we've maybe never said. Because we've got something in our spirit that is stirred to see the purposes of God fulfilled in our generation you know as a young Christian I realized pretty quick and you will too you can't just flick into neutral yeah. have you noticed that yeah. in your spiritual journey you flick into neutral who's ever flicked into neutral and just put it in on the handbrake and you just sit on the hill you might do that in a car but you won't do it in your spiritual journey no. the, the moment you stop going for, forward you start going backwards You can't afford to do it. Can't afford to live without vision or you will fade away. And You might say, well, Chris, how do we do this? And I haven't got time to teach on it this week. That's why you need to come back next week. That's clever, isn't it? But I will tell you this. We all have this innate ability for vision. Every one of us can do it. We use it all the time and we don't even realise it. I'll give you some examples. Let's just say Artwork. You know, every decent piece of artwork, or even every bad piece of artwork for that matter, it didn't start with a brush stroke on a page, it started in someone's mind. If I just put that there and I highlight this, and I could just see something. The hard part's duplicating it. It's easy to see it, the hard part's getting it out there. But anyone here who's a little bit arty, you'll know, once you get a vision for a painting, once you've begun it, That thing drives you nuts until you're happy with it. And for most real artists, they're even driven nuts after they're happy with it. But it's the sort of thing that makes you wake up in the middle of the night and go, bing, I just had an idea for my painting. And you either get up at two in the morning and keep going or you pull your phone out or your notebook and you make some notes. I need to think about this tomorrow. I'm going to do it that way. That's vision. Oh, but I'm not an artist. You know what, anyone who's ever looked at a room in their house that's untidy and gone, hmm, I need to clean that up. you just got a vision for your future, for the future of that room. Girls, this is what Pastor Sue's asking, go to your wardrobe and get a vision for more hanging space. (laughs) You know, bring in some clothes and the sisterhood will have a great big lot of fun. But we all have this innate ability and we have this spiritual ability. I love what Paul says. He says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Then listen to this, that God has prepared beforehand that you should move in them. God is prophetically ready God knows already what you could do with your life and he calls us to it if we would only allow our gaze, our vision, our mental image to be him-centred and allow him to walk us into our future. Come on, who's excited about getting some fresh vision for life? Uh And definitely get vision. I'm not going to preach, as I said, I'm not necessarily going to preach church vision. I'm sure some of it will bleed out of me. But that's not what I'm aiming at. I just feel that we all need to really think about our lives, the purpose of our lives, what we're doing with our lives, how we're spending our time in the context of what is the Holy Spirit saying to me about my life. And I really, really believe God's going to do this For every heart that's open. You know, some of us just need to get back to it. We had great vision. You had a great dream. But through discouragement or it's been derailed, you've been frustrated, might even be disbelief, you've laid it down. Friend, I'm just encouraging, get back to it. This is the only way to live. This is the way humanity was meant to be lived. Remember when God created us? How does it even say he created us in the, you get back to vision and dream you get back to the core purpose you were created to be an image bearer that reflects him yeah. to start to dream start to dream make sure it's godly in line with convictions and can I say this don't over spiritualize it You know, don't wait for someone to tell you what God's vision for your life is. Just start dreaming. (laughs) Oh, but I might get it wrong. You probably will. At least you'll be headed somewhere. But the fact is, if you've got a heart for God, you genuinely want your life to matter, I think you can trust God with a heart like that. Just start to dream. Just start to imagine what might God want me to do? Who might God want me to talk to? How might God want me to live? Just begin to imagine, and I think that's enough ammunition for the Holy Spirit to take you a long way. Here's some questions for us today as as I close. Are you a dreamer? Let's let's throw away the the, the social stereotype. Are you a dreamer? Because that's a good thing. Or is your inner world stagnant? Has disappointed disappointment harden your heart closed you down to God selling something fresh are you a dreamer do you delight in capturing images of a preferred tomorrow that's what a dreamer is what dreams do you hold for life in general just for your life in general Joe. I hope you've got a dream for your marriage Have you got a dream for your kids? That's something you can lose so easy because, believe me, I know. You get to a point where it's like, I just want to get them through school and get them fed and get them to bed so I can get a moment to myself. And sometimes you sort of live in that way, but man, it's, it's a terrible thing if you lose a vision for your kids, the desire to see them really do well and be there for them. What's your general vision in life? And then the next question is, what dreams do you hold for your eternal impact on others? For how God could use your life? Here we are, 2021. And what the church is today across the planet is bigger than anything any of those early disciples ever saw. I'm sure of that. But it's happened. I think back as a young man driving my baby Pooh Brown E.H. Holden, <laughs> praying in tongues, rebuking myself <laughs> to seeing myself preach to this many people. And now I do it several times a week and I haven't just done it here I've done it right across Australia, right throughout Southeast Asia, all the way over to Africa, up to England, wherever. The vision is so much bigger, but it all started with an obscure thought that maybe God could use me. God is able to do, what does Scripture say? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. Or imagine wow. Ephesians 3.20. Why don't we stand together this morning? As I said, in the following weeks, we're going to get a bit more practical. But I hope you've just... if you caught something today? Yeah. That's what today was about. It was just about catching something. Yeah. Even if it's a bit intangible, but just this thought of, you know what? I need to dream a bit. I need to... Oh, I'm going to give away a message in the future but I need to start writing some of the things down father we thank you for the power of your holy spirit lord I'm believing you to to meet people to begin to cause dream to flower in people's hearts once again to shoot green shoots father breakthrough where there's been a hardness of heart where there's been it's unintentional, but just the hurt, the disappointment. I just pray that would break off hearts yeah. in Jesus' name. And as your image bearers, we would imagine once again yeah, come on. this world the way you see it, yeah. and our place in that. As we open our hearts to you, Father, we just we're just saying we're here, we're open. We're ready for you to speak to our hearts about our lives, our families, our workplaces, our businesses, our places of education, whatever our place in life, our uh, interaction with other young mums, our interaction with our schoolmates. Whatever it is, Father, we are open for you to show us how things could be if we trusted you and began to move in faith towards heavenly vision. In Jesus' name. You know, you might be with us here today and maybe you've never heard the Bible preached that way. I just want to say God's got a vision for your life already. You may never have had one or maybe the one you've had hasn't served you well. It's been destructive or it's just taken you places that ended up unhappy. Well, God's got a really good vision for your life. He loves you and I've just been talking about getting a heavenly vision. It begins with Jesus. That's where it began for me. Before that, the only vision I had as a young bloke was a a car with shiny paint. That was as big as my vision was. But after meeting Jesus, my world opened up. And you might be here and go, that's what I need. My my vision to this point in my life without Jesus has not served me well. And friend, if you're open to it, you can just open your heart right now, right where you stand. Use your own words. Maybe say something like, Jesus, I need you in my life. I recognise that today. Come into my life. Help me to follow you. Help me to know what that is, what that looks like. And friend, I want to encourage you. I think God will begin to speak to your heart with a different picture of your future very, very quickly. And I encourage you to move in faith towards it. Because heavenly vision will serve you well. In Jesus' name. You can do that just right there. Thanks, Robert.